having you here, brother. Amen. God is good. Well, if you would, let's all stand to our feet. And uh, it's only because he lives that you and I have his grace and his mercy. Can I get an amen? All right, here we go. Uh, let's sing it together.
glad his grace is enough. Well, if you're glad to be here, say amen. If you're not, just keep it to yourself. We don't want to know about that. Amen. It's so good to see you here this morning. Uh, Miss Julie is not here this morning, so you're stuck with me. She is watching our oldest granddaughter get baptized this morning. Uh, so that's a good reason to miss. Amen. So, uh, man, put a smile on your face. Turn around and tell somebody, you sure do look good today. Amen. And we're going to continue to worship in just a moment. You can find your place and you can go ahead and be seated and we're going to have some announcements. Brother Martin's going to come and give us our announcements this morning. All right. Uh, thank you for being here this morning. Um, please be seated. Do we have any first time visitors here this morning? If you're a first time visitor, signify it by raising your hand. Um, our ushers are going to bring you a card if you'll drop that in one of the baskets on your way out. We serve such an awesome God, amen? amen. I don't know about you, but uh, there's been lots of times in my life where I'm like, I will never do this. I will never do that. And God's always like, Brother Martin, let me show you what you're going to do for my sake, amen? And uh, I don't know if you see this beautiful jean jacket, but that's a great reminder of this because... Uh, I've always told myself, uh, I will never wear a jean jacket. And I was driving to Austin a couple weeks ago, and we stopped at the feed store in Buffalo, Texas, of all places. I don't know if you've ever been to that feed store, ladies, but you could spend a fortune in there. And so I put this jacket on as a joke for my wife. I was like, okay, I'm going to look like a country bumpkin. And so I put the jacket on, and I go up to my wife, and she's like, Wow. And so then I go and I look in the mirror and I'm like, who is that good looking fella in the mirror? Wow. And before you know it, I will never has gone to, I'm thinking about getting buried in this thing. Amen. <laughs> so that's a great reminder of uh, just where God can take us. We may say we will never, but God's always like, watch this young man. So just wanted to share that with you this morning. Uh, so a couple of announcements we have here. Um, we have a full Wednesday, um, full day on Wednesdays. It starts off with a Bible study in the fellowship hall from 10 to 11. Uh, if Brian is here, I promise you, you will have an amazing time. I'm thinking about starting to charge a cover to come to that uh, on Wednesday mornings. Then Wednesday night services, we do have a 6 p.m. dinner that Miss Mary a lot of times uh, and our other ladies coordinate. And then at 7 p.m., we have something for adults, youth, and also the little children's. Um, Sunday school. Had a great Sunday school this morning. We have Sunday school for all ages. I've had the privilege of teaching the adults the past few weeks or few months. Uh, had a great time in there this morning. Starts at 10 o'clock. Just got to be here like one hour earlier. Um, I know you're up by that time, so just get here. Um, we do need help for teachers and helpers uh, to help with children and toddlers on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. If you are interested, just see Miss Cindy over here, and she will get you lined out. Uh, we do have giving the old-fashioned way back there through envelopes, checks, but we also have a way for you to do it online. If that's the only way you operate now, you just go to giving.landmarktyler.com and you do not have to have a PayPal set up like you used to in the past. We do have a time change coming up. We're springing forward on March the 12th. <laughs> I'm with you, boo. <laughs> We're springing forward on March the 12th, um, so we'll keep reminding you, but uh, you're going to have to... Well, you don't even have to set your clocks anymore. These things, they automatically update for you. 
So if you tell Brother Mark I wasn't here because I didn't set my clock forward, don't lie in the house of the Lord. <laughs> Step outside and lie. <laughs> Just don't lie. All right, we are also starting a new class on Sunday, March the 19th, called Life's Healing Choices. Uh, it is an eight-week class for any hurts, habits, and hang-ups, um, and it has taken place in life of the recovery class. I don't know if you know this or not, but every single one of us have uh, hang-ups, hurts, and habits. Um, everybody in this room could use some sort of uh, knowledge or wisdom, therapy, whatever you want to call it. A lot of times we think that traumatic things are things that are bad that happen to us. But trauma, I've learned in the past year, can be something that's innocent. Um, I know some of you, last week, I do, so, do want to say I'm very, very appreciative of the ones that uh, answered my call. Uh, the young lady or young person that wanted to go to New York and Washington with their school trip did end up raising all the money, and it's thanks to some of you that are in here. Now, that in itself can be a little bit of a trauma because I don't know if you've ever been poor before, but I remember being the poor kid that wanted to go on those trips, but we couldn't afford it. And so that can be something that can be traumatic. Was it horrible? No, I'm living life, doing just fine. But it is something that if you don't acknowledge it can, um, you know, end up taking you down a bad road. So it doesn't have to be anything bad. So on Sunday, March 19th, life's healing choices. Nothing wrong with that. Healing is great. Um, True Girl Pajama Party, uh, 6.30 to 9 p.m. on March the 25th. I believe Miss Cindy says we have 10 tickets left. It can be you, your granddaughter. It is for ladies, uh, girls of all ages. Kindergarten up, you are welcome to come. We have about 10 tickets left. See Miss Cindy if you're interested in going. Sign up is back here. Uh, we do have a life recovery class today at 1 p.m. I know we're having a garage sale at some point. I don't have any information, but I'm reminding you, we're having a garage sale. Miss Pat, I don't know if she has a sign-up sheet back here or not, but Miss Pat's the one kind of heading that up. Also, we do still need water. Lots and lots of water. We're getting into the warmer months, so Miss uh, Mary said the little bottles, big bottles, bring water. We like to drink water around here for some reason. Amen? Give Brother Martin a big hand if you would. Isn't he looking good? He's half the man he used to be, amen? He lost, he lost a man, half a man. I think I found him, amen? Uh, boy, it's so good to be with you this morning. Uh, Forgive me, my mind is going a hundred different directions. I'm trying to do my job and Miss Julie's job this morning, but we serve an awesome God, Amen. Uh, I'm going to preach to you this morning a hard, a hard message. It's about repentance, and uh, you know I believe a lot of what we're seeing God doing around this country is because of repentance and confession and humility, and people are opening themselves up to the Lord. And so I just felt compelled to speak on that this morning. Uh, so you pray for me, Amen. Uh, we serve an unstoppable God. All things are possible through him, amen, who strengthens us. Let's stand and let's continue to worship if you would.
Father, Lord, we welcome your presence into this house this morning. Father, we thank you for who you are and what you've done, Lord, and what you're doing now and what you're about to do. Father, we can do nothing without you. Without you, Father, we are as nothing. Father, I ask that whatever influences are trying to come in and disrupt Whatever interferences, Lord, that keeps us from hearing your word right now, Lord, would be silenced. And Father, that you would indwell your servant, Mark, that he would be the messenger of your word this morning. Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to receive what you would have us to know this morning. Lord, we want to know you. We don't want religion Father, we want a relationship with you. Father, for those that are hurting, those that are sick, those that are having a hard time this morning, Lord God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would bring them peace of mind, that they would bring comfort to them, Lord. Lord, for the prodigal, Father, that has wandered away from you, who looks back to see that his father's house is better than being in the pig pen. Lord, I ask that he come home this morning. And for the lost, Lord, that do not know you, Father, wake them up to know that the time is short and today is the day of salvation. Father, we love you so much. We thank you, Lord, again. We give you all the praise in the name of your son, Yeshua, in Jesus Christ, amen. Let's give the Lord one more clap offering today. Amen. If you have children who would like to go to Children's Church, they can meet Miss Cindy over here at the door. And uh, we have some wonderful Children's Church workers. Give our children and our workers a big hand, if you would, uh, for taking such good care of our kids. They do a wonderful job. It's a good group of kids this morning. Amen. So uh, I'm going to... Just jump right in this morning because uh, what I'm hoping that the Spirit will do, I want to leave time. I want to speak about repentance this morning, but what I'm hoping more than anything is that we have some repentance this morning. And so I want to make sure that we leave enough time for a response time at the end. I would like to, uh, I hope after I get through speaking to you that we're going to not just talk about repentance, we're going to experience repentance in this place. Uh, repentance is not an easy subject to preach on. Uh, there are two words that come up time and again in Scripture, and those two words are confession and repentance. And we're pretty good at confession uh, because we know it's God. We know that he'll forgive us. Uh, the Scripture tells us that uh, if we ask him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And so confession, we're pretty darn good at. This other word, though, repentance, that's not always easy. Because you can confess all day long, and every time you confess, have the full intention that I'm going to go right back and do this again at some point. And repentance is a different word than confession. And so we're going to talk about repentance today and what that means. Um, uh, we're going to talk about that really we all need change. I'm going to say that for everybody in the room, there is at least one area in your life uh, that you need to uh, repent. Uh, once we define the word, you'll know why. 
and uh, probably most likely most of us have about 50 of them we need to work on. Uh, but everybody, I would say, at least is going to have one that they need to work on. So um, 101 times in Scripture the word repentance uh, is used. Um, as a culture, we are obsessed with being positive. Now, let me say this right off the bat. I am a positive person. Uh, I like to be a glass half full kind of guy, amen. By the way, my friend Randy Wallace is here today. Don't ask him any stories about me. We grew up together, amen. Uh, Randy and his lovely wife Patty are here. Uh, it is his mother's 96th birthday uh, this weekend, so uh, they came in town for that. He is the pastor at First Baptist Clean, Texas. Uh, so big shot, amen. He asked me today, he said, uh, I didn't bring my church clothes, is that okay? I said, brother, the closest I got church clothes is a sweater vest, and it's just to keep the front barn in, inside, amen? Uh, so uh, you are, you're very casual. But uh, Randy is here, and uh, we grew up together, and uh, we are two perfect examples that God can use anybody, amen? <laughs> anybody, amen? We've started at the same church. We served at the same church. Was, was Park Heights your first church? So we both started, these poor people, at Park Heights Baptist Church, uh, 18 years old, both of us, 18 years old. We were not any older than the kids we were supposed to be leading. And uh, it was kind of like putting the, uh, the insane asylum, letting the patients run the place, amen? Uh, but 18 years old, we had both surrendered to the ministry. Randy calls me up, says, hey, I've, I'm going to do youth at this church over here called Park Heights. They need a music guy. He said, you'll come with me. I'll help you with the music. You help me with the youth. And we'll, we'll figure this out together. And so we did. And boy, were those people patient. Amen. They were patient with us. But that's, we are proof that God can use anybody, do, can do anything. And uh, I'm not worthy. Randy's not worthy. We was just a couple of heathens. Amen. <laughs> well, let's see. 60 minus 18. What does that leave? 42 years. Oh. You did not have to tell me that. Amen. Oh, gosh. All right. Before I get depressed, yeah, before I get depressed, let's move on. All right. So uh, re repentance, sometimes we can think, well, repentance is a bad thing because God just wants me to feel bad about my sin. God just, he wants me to be guilty. And a lot of people uh, are turned off by God and turned off by religion because they think that's all you Christians want to do. You want to make me feel bad about myself. And so they see it as a negative. But it's not a negative at all, is it? It is a positive. And, uh, and so I, I just want to say that up front. I'm not asking you for repentance. God's not asking for repentance to make you feel bad about yourself. He's doing it for change so that we might feel better about ourselves and that we might have an abundant life and live it for him. Amen? So uh, first, first uh, comment is this. Repentance is not God wanting you to feel like a failure. Can I tell you this? God does not want you to feel like a failure. You are not a failure. In fact, the Bible says that if you are his child, uh, you are a son and daughter of the king. You have full access to the kingdom, and uh, you are the apple of his eye. And I don't know if anybody ever told you that, today, but I want to look you in the eye. Everybody look me in the eye. You are the apple of God's eye. He loves you more than you can understand. He is crazy about you and me. Amen? And we need to remind ourselves of that every single day. All right? Let's jump right in, though, here. Our first scripture is Acts 3, 19. And this is when Peter and John went to the temple. And they go in the gate called Beautiful into the temple. And it's kind of ironic because they go in the gate called Beautiful. And there is a guy at the gate of Beautiful. And he would hang out there every time temple was happening. And he would beg. And he was lame. And so Peter and John come in. Peter had just preached at Pentecost. 3,000 people had gotten saved. Uh, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. The Pentecost had come upon them. And God was using them mightily because I believe they were open to what the Spirit was doing. They were hypersensitive to the Holy Spirit. They'd experienced this day of Pentecost, and God was doing amazing things. I believe what we're seeing God do across our country right now in Asbury and different college campuses and all over the place, it is because people are hungry and thirsty for the Lord. A pastor friend of mine is experiencing revival in his church and I, here's the reason i believe they're experiencing revival in church he told me he said it has changed me he said i've spent 20 years of my life believing that to grow this church and to see god move 
it was all about programming and preaching. And he said, God had to show me that it was about hungering and thirsting for God and getting out of the way of what God wants to do and being open to what the Spirit says and letting the Spirit lead and not me lead. And God is transforming his church. Uh, God is doing amazing things. I believe that's what happens. And if we want to see revival, I believe it's going to come through repentance, confession, humility, bring ourselves before the Lord. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. And that's a key part of that, turn from their wicked ways. And we're going to see how repentance ties in with that. All right? So this takes place when Peter is uh, in the temple. He heals the lame man. He's just performed a miracle. And all the Jewish leaders in the temple get upset. And they want to rag on him. And they want to say, oh, well, he's, you know, he's doing magic. He's putting on a magic show. He's just trying to draw attention to himself. And Peter decides, and again, Peter is bold. He already was bold. Now you get him full of the Holy Spirit. Look out. Amen. Because he's a talk first, think later kind of guy. Amen. And so he lays into them. And this is part of what he says. He tells them, he tells these Jewish leaders, he says, you, you killed the very one. I, I didn't do this. I, it was done through the power of God, through the Son of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then he tells him, repent, therefore, and be converted, be converted so that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Now, if that had been me, I would have lit into him. And if you go a few verses before, he did. He called him out. He said, the very one that you were looking for, you hung him on a tree. You killed him. You killed the very son of God. But then he turns around, and instead of heaping judgment on them and condemnation on them, he tells them this. The very ones that murdered the son of God, our Savior, he says, repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, even those sins. What did Jesus say on the cross? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And Peter and John are preaching that same message, and he says, Repent and be converted that your sins can be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Do you want to be refreshed? Do you want God to do a new thing in your life? Do you want God, do you want the fullness of God in your life? Do you want the abundant life of God? I'm here to tell you, you and I, we have to be ready and we have to repent and be ready and say, God, what do you want to do in my life? All right? And hopefully that's what we're going to lead it to today. So let's look at what is repentance. Number one, repentance is a changed mind. Repentance is a changed mind. All right? Uh, the scripture for this one is 2 Corinthians 7, 9 and 10. It says, now I rejoice that not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. For you were made sorry in a godly manner that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, not to be regretted. But the sorrow of the world produces death. So here in this scripture, he's saying there's two different kinds of sorrow. There's godly sorrow and there's worldly sorrow. Godly sorrow leads to repentance unto salvation. What does it say about the sorrow of the world? It produces death. Uh, do we have a higher suicide rate than we've ever had right now? Yes. Do, is anxiety, fear, depression, are they all off the charts right now? This is what the sorrow of the world will bring. Listen, you don't have to look. Turn on the news. That's all you got to do. Look at what's going on. But... How can we rejoice? Because we know this world is not our home. Amen? And all this world will give you is death. All this world will give you is worldly sorrow. We need godly sorrow, okay? And in fact, the word, the Greek word that's used for repentance here is metanoia. Go ahead and put that up. Uh, take a picture of this, write it down. The Greek word for repentance in, in this scripture is metanoia. And here's what that means. A change of mind that leads to changed behavior. Amen? So it's not just a change of mind. A change of mind by itself won't do anything for you. But a change of mind that leads to changed behavior, that's going to do something for you and for me. Amen. And so true repentance, uh, metanoia, brings a change of mind. I interesting fact, too, is that uh, metanoia was not a, a religious word. It was a military word. 
And do you know when uh, when you go to the military, Brother Randy does, the Colleen's right there with a big military base, and they're marching, and when that drill sergeant says, about face, that was the word they used, metanoia, about face, turn the other direction. Turn the other direction, go the opposite way, and don't look back. Amen? This is what true repentance is, is metanoia, all right? Um, so sorrow has a purpose in your life. Here's where godly sorrow happens. How do you view your sin? Uh, do you through your own inconvenience and your annoyance or through a changed mind, uh, viewing it as something that breaks the heart of God? Um, there's a song called Hosanna. And one of the lines in Hosanna says this, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. I'm going to let that marinate for a second. Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. Have we ever gotten to the point where we hate our sin enough that it breaks our heart because we know that it breaks the heart of God? This is what should drive us to repentance. For it's your kindness, Lord, that leads us to repentance. It's his goodness. What would happen if we got what we deserve? What do we deserve? We deserve hell, don't we? We deserve it. But thank God, he, in his great mercy, he, out of his great kindness, he leads us to repentance. But listen, you can be saved. And here's what I know happens with a lot of people. I got saved when I was 16 years old. Between my uh, sophomore and junior years, Randy probably remembers. And I'd never, I hadn't been raised in church. I really didn't know anything about church. And uh, that's, that's fairly young, but 16, I'd still had plenty of time to get into some things, you know, that I shouldn't have got into. But can I tell you this? Uh, many people believe repentance is a one-time package deal. A lot of people believe, well, I prayed, you know, when I got saved, whatever age it was, 10, 12, 16, 24, 32, 50, 60, whatever the case may be. And I repented. I got my ticket punched, and I'm ready to go. I'm just going to sit here and wait. That is not what repentance is not a one-time punch-the-ticket deal. Repentance is an ongoing. Salvation is ongoing. You remember the scripture when he talks about working out your salvation? That doesn't mean you can lose your salvation. That simply means that every single day I am working in my salvation. I am a part of my salvation is a part of me. I am working through it day by day by day. Here's what I am sad to tell you. Most of my most terrible sins, most of my indiscretions against God that have broken the heart of God have happened after my salvation because I've had a lot more time, as was pointed out. You know, since 18, that's, what did we say, 42 years? Yeah. So add another two, that's 44 years. I've had 44 years to make more mistakes and worse mistakes than I did those first 16. So can I tell you this? Repentance ain't a one-time deal. I've needed that repentance. I've needed the kindness of God and the mercy of God way more after my salvation than I did before my salvation. Now, when you get saved, that is the beginning of your journey. That is not fire insurance. That is not punch your ticket and sit on the sidelines and wait. That's just the beginning. And can I tell you, it's going to be a roller coaster ride from that point on because the enemy is now against you. He is now against you. You have a target on your back. And I would like to tell you that I've done everything right, but I would be lying. I've made many mistakes, had sin. I have broken the heart of God many, many times. I'm going to share a little bit more about that towards the end, but let me move on. Uh, Romans 12, 2 says this. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So number one, repentance is a changed mind. Number two, repentance is a changed direction. We talked about this. Metanoia literally means turn around, about face, go the other way. Uh, in fact, the very word repent, re means to, uh, to turn or to return. And pent 
is means high, highest, uh, like the penthouse. It's on the top of the building. So to repent means to turn back to the higher things. Remember when uh, when uh, the scripture talks to the church and says you have left your first love. It tells them to return to that, okay? Uh, so we've got to return, change direction to the higher things. Uh, listen to this. A divinely changed mind will always result in a changed direction. Did you hear that? A divinely changed mind will always result in a changed direction. If it doesn't change your direction, it hasn't really changed you at all. A changed mind needs to lead to a changed direction. Confess the sin. Why, why does God tell us to confess sin? Have you ever really studied that scripture? Um, scripture tells us, and go back and look this up, but scripture tells us that we are to confess to God for our salvation and our forgiveness. But then there's another scripture that talks about confess your sins one to another. And you know what the promise is on that one? See, we confess to God for salvation and for forgiveness, so you'd need that. But then it says, confess your sins one to another for times of healing so that you may be healed. Isn't that interesting? So confession to God, yes, it's good. And, and we're all pretty good with confessing to God because we know God. We know he's good. We know he's going to keep secrets. We know he ain't going to tell nobody. And so we confess to God. We'll confess to God all day long. But when I tell you confess your sins one to another, oh, that's a whole nother deal. Amen. I'll share a story with you in just a moment. I'm trying to pique your interest if you notice, all right? Uh, Revelation 2, 4 and 5 says this. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you've fallen. Remember where God brought you from. You ever heard that? You need to, I need to remember. You need to remember. Remember where, from where, how deep you've fallen. Repent and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Okay? Um, this may mean something very, very hard. I may need to confess sin to another person. I need to bring what's in the darkness out into the light. Uh, things usually will not change until you bring it out of the darkness into the light. Uh, I may need to cut up those credit cards. Maybe I've put myself in a financial position that does not honor God. I may need to cut up those credit cards and just start over again. Uh, I may need to take this relationship that is not healthy, and I may need to make a phone call and say, we don't need to be together. Repentance and a change usually means hard things. Hard things have to be done. But until you make the change, they will not change, all right? Uh, maybe I need to start being in an accountability group. Uh, maybe I need to do, I mean, there's just a ton of different things you need to do. Repentance, again, is not a one-time thing for salvation. It is an ongoing thing to keep our relationship with God right, okay? So, number two, uh, re uh, repentance is a changed direction. The last thing, number three, is repentance restores relationship. Now, our last scripture is a story very dear to my heart, and I imagine it's probably very dear to your heart. It's the story of the prodigal son. And can I tell you this today? The story of the prodigal son is not about a fictitious son and fictitious father. The story of the prodigal son is about you and your heavenly father. And it is a picture of love, mercy, grace, forgiveness, and also, maybe you never thought of it this way, repentance. What did the young man have to do, the prodigal? He had to swallow his pride, and he had to come crawling back to his dad. All right, let's read it. It is in Luke uh, chapter 15, 17 through 24. It says, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father. And when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. And he ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. You ever been there? You ever, you ever felt like that? Lord, I'm... 
I've messed it up too many times. I'm not worthy to be called your son or daughter. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. What did the robe stand for? Robe stood for royalty. This is my son. I am restoring him not just back to a servanthood. I am restoring him back to the place he was before he left. I'm restoring him. I'm putting this royal robe on him. So the robe is royalty. Put it on him. Then put a ring on his hand. What did the ring signify? The ring signified that everything is mine is yours. I wear that, Miss Julie. I think we all know the story of that one. Everything is mine is hers. Amen. I don't know about it the other direction, but uh, definitely everything is mine is hers. Amen. That, that ring, when you put the ring on the son, it signified that he was an heir. He was every he had access to everything that the father had and then put sandals on his feet. No more dirty feet. No more. You're not going to the pig down to the pig trough again. We're going to clean you up. We're putting sandals on your feet. We are restoring you not just to being a servant in the household. We're restoring you right back to your original position. Isn't that amazing how God does that? Restores us all the way back to right where we were. Any prodigal that comes home, can I tell you this? No matter how far you've gone, no matter how many times you've gone, keep coming back. I love the picture. Oh, sorry, last one. And bring the fatted calf here. Kill it. Let us eat and be merry. And verse 24 is the last one. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. I love the picture, too, of the dad the dad standing out kind of on the, the porch where he could see all of his kingdom and everything. And the picture is that he was standing out there, and he would go out there every single day, and he'd be looking for his son, wondering, is today the day my son's coming home? Lord, please bring my son home. Is today the day? And then it says that when he saw him afar off, he didn't wait on him to come up the driveway, did he? It says he came down off of there, and he ran towards him, hugged his neck, kissed him. That's a picture of your father. He is waiting on you. He is as close as a prayer away. If you fall a hundred times, come back a hundred times. If you fall a thousand times, come back a thousand times. Because he is always waiting. Because what's the other option, y'all? Does this world have anything to offer you? No. It is no other option. I wanted to share this story with you, personal story. I told y'all that I've been fortunate enough to be part of what I think is two revivals, uh, moves of God in places that I was at. One of them happened at uh, New Beginnings Baptist Church in Longview while I was there. And uh, it started with a, a revival service. They had a guy come. It was a youth revival. And that night, it was around 2001, 2002. And I was a worship leader at the church. And uh, this guy showed up. And if you've ever done revivals or you've ever known an evangelist, this is highly unusual. The evangelist stood up that night and he said, I believe the Holy Spirit is telling me to not preach tonight. He said, I believe that the Lord is leading us into a time of repentance and confession. And I got to tell you, in a Baptist church, I don't think any of us knew what he was talking about. But he just sat down and he began to pray. And it was like God just tapped me on the shoulder that night. He said, Mark, there's some things in your life you need to confess. And you've confessed them to me, but I am leading you. And I'm not saying God does this for everybody, but this is what he did for me that night. He tapped me on the shoulder. He said, I need you to go down in front of this entire congregation, and I need you to confess this sin. Because I'd been struggling. I had a hidden sin in my life. I'd been struggling with pornography since the age of 13. And I thought, when I surrendered the ministry, well, it'll go away. It would go away for a while, then it would come back. I thought, after I get married, it'll go away. And it would go away for a while, then it would come back. And it was the hidden sin in my life, and I just kept it hidden for 20 years or so. And so God tells me that night. And God don't make it easy, because you know who had come that night? I think this was a Monday night of the revival. <clears throat> my mom and dad had drove over from Tyler. So my mother, my dad, my whole family, my kids are in the service, everybody. And God is telling me, you, got, I need, you need to do this. And I'm not giving myself any credit because God began something that night, but I wasn't the only one. There was a lot of people in that 
couple of hours we were there that stood up. But I went in front of that entire congregation, and I confessed my sin before that entire congregation. And I believe because of what God did in people's lives that night and people opening up and repenting and confessing, a move of God happened. And it lasted about a year. It, it, it got to where the services were so packed and people would call and say, I, I can't wait till Wednesday night. I can't wait till Sunday. Because if people were anticipating, God was doing something every time we came together. And it's an amazing thing. And it lasted about a year. And can I tell you, when it finally came to a close, I believe it came to a close because so many things were happening and supernatural things were happening and it made a bunch of Baptists nervous. And the preacher, not, not to his detriment, because I probably would have done the same thing, he was receiving a lot of pressure. Brother Mark, we, need to, we need to rein this in. We need to get some control in there. And, so, and when you want to control the Holy Spirit, sometimes you quench the Spirit. And I believe it went away after that. But I believe what ushered it in was that that night was when it began. When, again, not just me, but many stood up. And we just said, God, I don't care who knows. I don't care. I need to get this out. I need to start over. I need to change the direction I'm going. Can I tell you, I believe that's where it started. I believe that's where it would start. If it's going to happen here, that's where it would start. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes with me. I'm going to ask the band to come back up, and I'm going to ask Brother Martin to come back up. Um, we're going to sing a song. Brother Martin's going to be at the front here while I lead this song. And uh, if you need somebody to pray for you, Brother Martin will be here at the, in the center. If you just need to come and kneel at this altar, do business with God, if you need to grab somebody that's here and say, would you pray with me? Do that. If you need to join the church, do that. If you need to uh, recommit your life to Christ, do that. I'm asking you to be open to what the Holy Spirit wants you to do this morning. And so I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to sing, Good, Good Father. And, uh, and I'm going to ask you to come. Just respond. Uh, whatever God is telling you to do, be, do not quench the Holy Spirit. Be open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. Father, I pray that you'd have your will in your way. Lord, during this time, God, would you just speak to our hearts? I pray, Lord, that you'd bring about times of refreshing. Lord, the things in our life, God, that we need to uh, bring before you, the things that maybe we need to confess to another person, the things, God, that we may come to this altar and do business with you. Lord, I don't know why you laid this on my heart, but Lord, you have a reason for it all. And so I just ask you, Lord, you do what you want to do with this time. It's not in control of me. It's not in control of anybody else in this place, Lord. We give you complete and total control in Jesus' name. Would you stand if you will?
You're good. 